And hello, everybody. It is Tom Chenault, and it is the Network Marketing Leadership Show. And what a day it is. What a day we're having. Busy and just so doggone fun. I love the fact, I feel this energy like the world's like saying, okay, let's get back to work. And obviously, we've been doing that for the last year from the confines of our home, but it just feels different to me. And uh, hello, Adrian Chenault. How are you? I am good. Can you hear me? I hope. <laughs> yeah, perfect. You're great. What's All right, going good. on? Man? I am just so I'm I'm so happy to be here. And I think you're right. I think that the the sun has come back out. The energy is only increasing. And uh I'm I'm very happy to be here and I'm I've really been looking forward to this conversation. So today's gonna be awesome. Okay, here's why I love this guy, because Sean Murphy's the guy that introduced <laughs> me to him. And Sean said, if you don't get this guy and become friends with him. And he's got this mastermind and Sean says, if you're not in his mastermind, you need, you're an idiot. And I go, okay, well, I don't have any money, but I also am an idiot. And uh, I actually talked to our guest about that mastermind. And it is something I'm so envious of, especially in light of what happened last weekend that the, he's gonna tell you guys about. And then Ron Henley comes out of the cheap seat and come came with a bigger endorsement of him than even Sean did. And it's been going on before the show. We were talking about how many people love this guy. And that's the case. And what you need to do right now is go to kylewilson.com and look around a little bit and get to know him a little and know that at the end of this show, he's actually going to give you something for free. So this is an unbelievable day. I'm extremely excited to talk to him. He's already taught me a ton. I already had most of the Jim Rohn stuff. And what he did was filled it in with me and sent me a bunch of stuff that was unbelievable. And this is the man who really, you know, Jim Rohn was a total force within himself, but everybody needs somebody to, to put that big statue on a bigger pedestal. And Kyle did that and never took any credit for it. And it astounds me who this human being is. Kyle Wilson, how are you, buddy? Tom, thanks so much. I, I definitely took credit for it and gladly so. And yeah, Jim, what a phenomenal marriage we had for 18 years. And, uh, you know, he certainly changed my life, has changed so many people's lives. It's an honor to be here today. And yeah, all the names you shared, they're, they're all great friends. So before we get there, your daughter fell off a horse. No, I, I don't really want to go through you that. You don't want to talk about it. Yeah, that, that those are family conversations. That breaks my heart. And I just want to let you know that I, I want some people praying for you. No, thank you. Thank I you. I should have asked you that first. No, so, I, I always share transparently about myself. But then when it's other people, I'm, I'm careful. Yeah. Makes nothing but sense. You guys, there's a lot going on out there. Boulder, Colorado, obviously, you saw what happened up there. That's 15 miles from me. Uh, I went up there on Sunday, looked at those people standing there in shock and stunned silence, just wondering what's happening to this world. And what's, I saw some Asian people got the crud beat out of them again today. And I just want you to understand, here's the humans I love. It's called all humans. And if you can just live with that, you know, there's bad people of every race, religion and creed and political party. But all of you, all of you just love like crazy, then love more it's going to be a better world. Adrian, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that that message is more important than ever. And I think that love is, you know, this is so cliche, but love is a verb, right? Like it is, a, that is not a passive thing. It's not taught, you know, yes, tolerate everybody, but loving people is, is much more than just passively tolerating them or doing no harm. It's, you know, what we, what we're out there trying to do is, is to, to actually contribute into the lives of, of everybody and, and to, to want the best for everybody around us. And, you know, horrible, horrible things like what happened in Boulder, Colorado last week are just, you know, reinforce that that's a more important thing for each one of us to see as an active role we need to take than ever. Yeah, that's unbelievable stuff. So how'd you meet Jim Rohn? Why did he choose you as the mentee? I, that's an amazing story. Why don't you start there? Where were you before Jim Rohn? How did you see such an unbelievable force and a place in his life for you? It almost reminds me of that guy that 
was so committed to work for Thomas Edison so many years ago, same exact story. How did that all come about? That's just phenomenal to me. Thank you for that question, because it really has a lot of underlying uh, teachings and principles to it. So my story, Tom, is, I, and I'll be brief with this, but I grew up in a small town, never went to college, got in a lot of trouble, uh, made some changes at age 19, uh, started my first real business. You know, I was always a very industrious kid. I'm going around the neighborhood selling things, similar story to many entrepreneurs. But at age 19, started my first blue collar business. By age 26, I really felt the tug to move to Dallas to a bigger marketplace. I, I sold everything, moved to Dallas, and little did I know, very serendipitously, and it's amazing every interview I do, like on my podcast with everyone, there's these serendipitous stories. But you know, within a year, I attended a seminar, ended up, I, I was looking for an opportunity, so I, I took a job as, as one of the sales guys. And it was really terrifying, Tom, because the two things were, number one, I'd have to make 100 cold calls a day. Now, that was less terrifying than to the fact that if I booked them, I then had to come in and speak at a, a sales meeting of either real estate people or car dealerships or, you know, some people that weren't necessarily just going to be loving that I'm there to give them a presentation about how they can do better than try and sell them tickets to a seminar. But uh, that was terrifying to even think about speaking in public, but I felt such a, a call to do it. And so I actually became really good at it. Within a year, I'm the top sales guy. Eventually, I go out on my own because that model was broken that you know uh, the particular guy I was working for. And I had a mantra. It's like, I want to get 2,000 people in a room. And so within a couple of years, I was going into a new city every 70, 80 days, and I would fill up a room. And I would hire Jim Rohn, hire Brian Tracy, hire Ogmandino to speak. And then in 1993, uh, Jim and his business partner broke up. And I think, um, you know, Jim said, hey, you know, we're 400,000 in the hole. And so for the next event, just let's do the next event this way. And I said, hey, Jim, I'm a pretty good seminar promoter. I think you're the best speaker in the world. I would love an exclusive opportunity to work with you. Now, keep in mind, I knew going back to the Tony Robbins days, you know, Jim would talk about adventures and achievement that after that was 800,000 in the hole, they shut that down. And now he's telling me his partner owes him 400,000. I know Tommy's not looking for a partner. So I said, here's what I would love to do. It'll be my company. I'll pick up the tab. I'll hire the team. I'll pay you off the top, but I do need an exclusive. So we shook hands and we had a handshake for 10 years before I finally put it on paper. But for 10 years, we had a handshake. And that first year, I took him from 20 speaking engagements because he was doing a lot with Herbalife, but public events he was doing about 20 dates at 4,000 a speech. That first year took him to 110 dates at 10,000, then eventually 25,000. Now check this out. I came to find out, it's like, wow, Jim Rohn is the gateway drug to personal development. I mean, people would hear Jim and go, you know, doctors would join Amway, then leave Amway, but they left with Jim Rohn changing their life. And so I now had you know, I created this machine. We got Jim Rome. We got his message. We're taking him to companies. So then I started another company called Your Success Story. And this is the connecting the dots most people don't understand. When I talk about Brian Tracy and Les Brown is within a year, I'm now taking Brian Tracy and Les Brown and Mark Victor Hansen, Dennis Waitley to those same companies. And that's why when Eric Worre and Jeff Olson called me in 1993 about Jim, and they started TPN. I was able not only to bring Jim in, but I brought in Brian and Les and Mark and, you know, all these speakers and promoters. And so, um, you know, there was, there were some cool things that happened, but one of the things that happened that first year, and it, it, it's this thing called the wheel, you know, Jim, 1993, I get the legend and it's, how do you, work with the legend. So I drew a circle on a sheet of paper and I put spokes and each spoke was a product or service Jim had. And we could talk about this later if you want, but I'll just cut to the chase and say, 
uh, this little quote book, which went on to move 6 million copies, was the answer to fill in the equation of what one thing would knock down all the dominoes. And it was built on Jim's secret sauce of being such a wordsmith and his ability to say amazing things. And so I created that. Then I created one for Brian Tracy, one for Mark Victor Hansen, uh, Zig Ziglar, and moved a couple of million of those. And the race was on. And so that was all kind of, it started in 1989, becoming a promoter, and then 93, partnering with Jim, and then starting your success store soon after. Holy mackerel. What do you think of that, Adrian? Were you 12 when this all started? No, you know, it's 27 and it happened fast. You know, you can't see it all, but over 300 intellectual properties I was able to create during that time with Jim and Dennis Waitley and Brian Tracy and multiple others. And, you know, it was over a 20 year plus period of time. But I do feel like, Jim, this is a great lesson. There's multiple great lessons, but one is that, uh, you know, Jim, I again, was this personal development guy that was, I think, the best speaker in the world, but people didn't know him. So nothing changed other than the strategic approach, right? So strategy is important. Finding that one thing that's going to knock down the dominoes. And so I think that was a big key. Uh, to, to the, the shift, right? The message didn't change. He didn't change, but the approach to the marketplace. Wow. Well, here's what I will tell all of you is you've heard of every one of those guys, Les Brown, Mark Victor Hansen, Brian Tracy, Jim Rohn. And you keep always wondering what that common denominator with all these people showing up is. And you never really believe there's a human being in the center of that, of that wheel that's absolutely driving the show. And you're talking to him today. And well, what I, can't, I, I can't take credit for that. I oh, can't. Of course, I can. So here's the deal. I can. I can. But the you other. Guys, yeah. You want to be you want to be that kind of connector because this guy can connect anybody with anybody. But so can you. That's what you have to know. She or he who has the best connections win. So we're going to take a little break and we might just talk about that during the break. But this is the Network Marketing Leadership Show on the Genesis Communication Network. Thank you, Ted Anderson, for hosting us for 12 years. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. We're at the commercial break. <laughs> you can goof around. That, and was, a, on. that was a perfect segue. Good oh, job, my, radio sure. host. <laughs> you are unbelievable, man. And I'm telling you, all of you that know, and Jack, our buddy from, uh, what the hell's the name? What's the name of Jack? Creation Agency. Huh? Creation Agency. Yeah, you got Ron Henley here. You got Sean Murphy here. You got Mark. Some of the greatest connectors I know in the world are watching this show. Oh, nice. You know, huh? Nice. Because they want to be better connectors. <laughs> Do you know what I want to be when I grow up? A better connector. Because I know that's where the magic is. Adrian, talk a little bit about your company. So I actually want to ask Kyle a question because I, I I think you teed this up perfectly, and and I think it's you know you you were in the right place at the right time, no doubt about it. But we all have right place at the right time moments, and there's a difference between those who capitalize and then continue to be able to fall to follow through and build on that, and those who don't, and I have to think a big part of that is the relationship that you were able to develop with Jim to keep him as a partner for all those years, especially that first 10 years when all it was is a handshake and he could have walked away at any time. How did you cultivate that relationship first with Jim? We'll just start there. How'd you cultivate it with Jim? That's a great question. So it really is built on one of these principles that I mentioned. Uh, I think there's some great learning lessons. And this was maybe the biggest, and it's one of the great lessons I learned from Jim, I learned so many, but he said, if you want to become successful, bring value to the marketplace. If you want to become wealthy, become valuable to valuable people. So I can't, you know, I, I'm a good connector, but more than that, I focus on how can I bring value? If I can't bring value, I don't, like, I don't pursue relationships. I try and create platforms to attract the people that are interested so my ability to fill a room. So that's what I loved about the handshake is guess what? Jim kept bringing value. I kept bringing value. And based on our value proposition of being our best, bringing our best, we had a relationship that flourished. 
The reason it worked so well with Jim is that was an all-in relationship. I had exclusive rights. With Brian, Mark, Les, all these are great friends. We've had 25-year relationships. They're all part of my most recent book. They've all been on my podcast. But those weren't, uh, you know, those we were each doing our own thing. And when it intersected, great. We worked together. They would speak at my events. With Jim, I do take more credit because I felt like I was handed a treasure, but you know, I needed to create these products. I needed to, to now leverage that opportunity. But you know, you you nailed it. It really isn't. Yes, you have to be ethical. Yes, you have to be honest. Yes, you have to be a good person. You have to be someone that someone can work with. But you also have to bring value. And we were able to bring value to each other, and that's what helped that business relationship flourish. I love that. And and you're so, I, I, I actually want to, maybe we'll come back to this a little bit on the next break, but I, I think that was a really interesting distinction you made that you you pursue relationship, you, you look for the relationships where I can contribute value and I'm going to put energy there and I'm not going to worry about those other places. And I think that's, you know, as we learn how to leverage the true power of connection, we have to be selective in doing that. And we got to know where to place our energy. And so contact mapping is, is a way for you to be able to do that and to, to, to have that power all in one place for you. And so uh, as we go back to the show, go check it out, contactmapping.com slash free. You can try it out completely for free. And uh, we'll come back to this conversation on the next break. You know, Over I love you. when Tom sent me his link to everything he has. It was incredible. So, yes. <laughs> we're going to win this. And we're back. It's Tom Chanel. This is the Network Marketing Leadership Show. I hope you are having a phenomenal day. I am telling you, this guest we've got today, go to kylewilson.com. And half of you can't spell that, so I'm going to spell it. K-Y-L-E-W-I-L-S-O-N.com. D-O-T-C-O-M. So here's the reason you're going, is because all these people, that I am in love with over the years with those little pamphlets, he's the common denominator behind all that. And I want you to think about that a little bit of how many nights you've gone to bed with that by your bedside table thinking, you know, all I got to do is plant a good thought in my head, wake up with that thought and I'm going to have a better day. Little did I know I owed it to Kyle Wilson. I love you, buddy. Thank you. KyleWilson.com. You're unbelievable. Thank you, Tom. Adrian, what's the next question for this guy? Uh, I just, I'm flabbergasted and I just put it up on the screen. Eric Worre just said, the world owes Kyle a debt of gratitude. <laughs> that you, is, that's Thanks, pretty brother. cool right there. It's true. It's it true. Very, very no, true. Eric, Eric helped me get the message out. So when, when I was working with him and Jeff back at TPN, you know, I think they bought a hundred thousand of the Jerome quotes, if not more. They helped me. You know, here's here's a great lesson. If you have advocates, you have to empower your advocates to promote you. And so, when I created the quote book, which Eric remembers well, uh, you know, I thought, how can I empower the Jim Rohn fans? Because Jim, his secret sauce was his being an incredible wordsmith. And so this was a marketing tool, but it follows the principles of, of making it easy for your advocates to promote you. And Eric, I remember buying so many challenge to succeeds, so many quote books, booking Jim at all the events. So he really uh, played a major role in helping me uh, just make this thing move fast. And so I, I love Eric. He's a, a good longtime friend. I remember... This is another great example of why I love to give away books. Eric sent me back in 93 or 94, like the whole Anne Rand collection of books, including Leatherbound. Amazing, right? And 28 years later, I still talk about it. So I always say, give away books, sign books, give people a book because they'll never throw it away. It'll go in their bookshelf. They'll think of you every time they see it. And so, again, uh, he set the example for me way back when. Well, here you go. What you guys don't know about me is I've read Atlas Shrugged seven times. I've read every word by that woman that she's ever written numerous times. And of all this time, I did not know that about Eric Worre, that he was a devotee of her, too, which is pretty doggone cool 
to think that he bought a hundred thousand of those copies in 1993. Here we are a long way past that 28 years, but Eric Worre was doing that stuff in 1993 to become the man he is today. And one of his protégés, Lisa Grossman's on here, it just never, ever, ever stops if you're just creating greatness, pushing it forward, not taking credit for it. Right, Kyle? Absolutely. No, you never, you know, you don't have to worry about when you do good things or give it coming back directly from the person you did it for, right? When you do good things, it's planting seeds. It's always going to have a harvest. And it's when we don't get too caught up in how or when or where, but we understand the spiritual principle of giving. And, you know, again, that's why I love Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn was not a tactically based speaker. He was a principle based speaker and principles don't change. You know, tactics change with technology, but principles never change. And I was a principle based marketer, meaning like the the whole thing about the wheel is very different than a funnel. And so my whole thing is get someone on the wheel and build a relationship with them. And over time, occasionally give them something to say yes to. And Jim was a principle-based speaker as well. And it just, it was really special. And I'm attracted to principle-based people, you know, and in business principle, people that know how to build principle-based businesses, because guess what? It's smart. They compound over time. People out hunting, right? They're starting over every day. But those that that are out fishing and farming have have a compounding, uh, and and that's I, that's what you know. Working with Jim just allowed us to build something that compounded over time. It's crazy stuff to me how you guys are able to spot those kinds of people. You know, I, I look at Larry Thompson and his story about starting at the same time way back when, 50 years ago, with Jim Rohn in that room and Bill Bailey and all these guys that you recognized as great and basically stood behind them. Let them take the credit and push them out into the public, whether you had exclusive deals or not. I mean, I just think that's so admirable because so many people, including myself, are so doggone. What about me? And that's horrible. And I love guys like you, but I'm just not, I can't do it. I'm too much. I'm too insecure or something. We got to take a break. We'll talk about this. Write that down, Adrian, so we can remember. This is the Genesis Communication Network, the network marketing leadership show, kylewilson.com. Go there during the break. We'll be right back. Boom. It is trash collection day and they are outside my house in a big way right now. Really? So I'm going to ask a question and then mute. So okay. I, I loved what you said about principles and the, the you know, funnels versus a, a wheel or a circle. What does it mean to have a wheel based concept of building relationships for your business, Kyle? Yeah. So the wheel is, I drew it in 1993 with Jim. And so, uh, the hub is Jim. The circle is, is the wheel. Each spoke is a product or service. And here's what's beautiful. An arrow going down onto the wheel is the customer acquisition. So my big equation in 1993 is Jim has a one-day seminar. That's a spoke. He has a two-day seminar. That's a spoke. He had one book. He had one audio. Those were each spokes. How do I get people on the wheel and take them around to the different things he has? So customer acquisition, products and services. Now here was the question, what do you need to do to add a new spoke? So I have these five things about creating a new spoke. And one of them is who's your avatar? What's your secret sauce? Will it be strategic? Is it part of your core business? And that led me to the quote book because Jim's secret sauce, as we mentioned, was uh, being a wordsmith. And so that was a new spoke on the wheel. But once I got people to get the quote book, that took them around, that helped build a relationship. And so my big thing is, uh, I've heard Ray Higdon talk about it too, is you're not trying to make a sale, you're just checking interest, right? And so if people are interested and you get them on the wheel, then you build a relationship over time. It really doesn't matter who says yes, it's just whoever is ready at the time. And so you need to have enough people to talk to that those that are ready and we can't take it personal when they're not ready. It could be everything through, they're going through a divorce. They have a, a family issue. They've already made an investment with someone else. The timing's wrong. There's health issues. There's all kinds of things, right? And so I think we take that too personal. So our job 
is to get people on the wheel and then talk to those people. And you can do that through social media. I'm a big believer and also build an email list for a lot of reasons. You own that. You don't own the social media list. Yes. Talk about that. You don't own your social media no. list. No. And, and email you list. Please, please take control of your contacts before I, I go off on that rant. Think about most powerful women that Eric and Marina are about to do. First of all, they broke the internet with 40,000 people. They said it couldn't be done. They raised $20 million and they built a $20 million facility in two months, did that big event. Now she's talking about putting a quarter million women in that most powerful wow. women's event that they're going to do. And they're going to do it. Their biggest worry right now is that 250,000 person cap. All because back in 1993, these guys huddled together and said, let's change the world. Every one of you can change the world by not giving away your email list to your contacts. Back to you, Adrian. It's, uh, it's so true. And, you know, there more than ever, you, you know, you were just seeing that these, these platforms are a tool, but they are not your friend. And so use them as a tool, but don't trust them to be your friend because they're not, because they're in business for themselves, just like you're in business for yourself. And they will serve you as long as it serves them and exactly that long and no longer. And so having control of your list in the form of knowing people's email addresses, in the form of having your notes and how you get a hold of these people and their stories and their kids' names and all these things off of social media and into a place where you control them, which by the way, is not even really Google or Apple or any of these places either because they're it's all the same game, you guys. And so that is really why contact mapping one of many reasons why contact mapping exists, one of many reasons why contact mapping is so important because we don't want you to get burned. We want you to be able to keep hold of these people long enough to keep them going around that wheel till their timing is right and they're in love with you and they wanna be a part of what you're doing because it serves them and then everybody wins. So that's what contact mapping is about. Go to contactmapping.com slash free and you'll get to see a little bit more about what that looks like. And so go check that out. And we are coming back to the main show. And we're back. It, this is a long segment. So Kyle will actually get to talk a little bit. It is the Network Marketing Leadership Show. And, you know, this guy is unbelievable, everybody. If you didn't go to kylewilson.com, you're making a big mistake. He's going to give something away at the end of the show for free. So make sure you stick around for that. I'd love to tell you what it is, but I'm not going to, but you're going to love him even more. Uh, Kyle, take it away. What did you, where, where were we? I Did you write it down, Adrian? Well, I, hey, I, I wouldn't mind picking back up on the contact management, just saying this. Uh, I, I'm not, I used to say who it is. I'm not going to do it anymore, but there's a friend of mine really big in the personal development space. And they had 5 million people on their Facebook business page and they would post and they get a hundred thousand, 150,000 likes. And I'm like, you know, if I, and I sold my company. So people that don't know the rest of the story, I talked about building the million plus list, selling millions of books, but I sold it all in late 2007. Uh, your success store, Jim Rohn, com all those I sold it to the people that were buying success magazine so I was retired at the time and I told my friend that's amazing but I don't really ever see you do any posts to actually get people to raise their hand to get on your email list he goes no no I don't want to ever sell anything I said well you do know myspace went out of business like you don't own that list so if I was you this is how I would do it and I have a big client that's got the biggest podcast and I'm coaching them. You don't own your podcast list either. So you always want to make sure occasionally you're giving your audience a chance to raise their hand to get something and to get them on your email list. And so with that in mind, they did not take my advice. Now they get same 5 million people. They get about 300 likes or 100 likes because yeah. Facebook changed their algorithm time after time after time. And guess who owns Instagram? our friends, Facebook. So here's the thing. If you have a podcast, if you have an email list, if you do events, don't take for granted that you don't own any of that. The one thing you do own is your email list. The only person I know that says don't email is Gary Vandercheck, but everyone else says mail, email your, 
your list. And yeah, it's harder than ever. And Gmail's making it harder. Everyone's making it harder, but that's okay. It's still the only thing you own. And so uh, I coached uh, a three-time Grammy winner, Millennial, who's massive. And he started a songwriter course. And we, we did a lot of different, you know, we walked through everything. And he told me later, he said, the one thing I listened, I didn't argue with you, but I just like, Kyle's wrong, is this email list thing. Because he said, my, my clients, my prospects were actually Gen Z's and millennials, but Gen Z's, surely they don't use email. And he said, the biggest shocker was all our social media, everything we did, still 85% of our sales came through the email communication, right? Even though we, we have social media relationships with them, we still have to communicate by email to get, you know, to, and there's a whole, I could spend hours on this, but it's how I built what I built, you know, and it was realizing, I mean, I definitely believe in social media. I believe in leveraging all that, but you also want to cross pollinate all your list and, and make sure you have access to everyone. So were your mentors, your mentor, or did you have a mentor that I don't get it? I'm still confused. How yeah. you, so well, my, my mentors were my mentors, like Jim Rohn. I, I actually did a book, Tom, called 52 Lessons I Learned from Jim Rohn and Other Legends I Promoted. And so every chapter was either, whether it was Les Brown or Brian Tracy or Mark Victor Hansen, multiple Jim Rohns, you know, Darren Hardy's, yes, all those. From the, uh, from the seminar business, one thing I would do is I learned from my original mentor who helped me that first year getting to the business that changed my life. Um, Jerry Haynes just literally changed my life. And then as I was going after a different type of event, I would go to events by Jerry Pat or uh, uh, Jack Redeker. And I would, yeah, I was helping them with parking. I was helping haul boxes, but I was trying to learn. I was trying to grow and I always picked up ideas. And by nature, I'm a little bit of a contrarian. So I was marching to my own drum. I was, it, it, I, I think at my core, if someone said, what's your secret sauce? It's, I am a, a strategist. So I can take in a lot of data and try and figure out the plan I want to build. Now this is big based on the life I want to live. You know, wow. I don't want to build a plan to get me that if everything went perfectly, I land where I don't want to land. And so I think that's why I was comfortable. Uh, yes, I definitely took credit for everything I did. But Tom, on the flip side, you know, when you're getting 2000 people in a room, every speaker's wanting to meet with you. And I didn't have the bandwidth to do both. I didn't have the bandwidth to meet with everyone that wanted to pick my brain and also put on world-class events and build an audience and be the agent for not just Jim Rohn, but also Dennis Waitley and Chris Widener and Ron White and all these others. So I, I did keep some anonymity. I didn't get on stage. I didn't mention me, but that was very selfish of me. And I remember feeling guilty. It's like I booked Jim Rohn in Fargo and it's February and he's in Fargo, you know, speaking, which he let me no, never book him in Fargo in February. Uh, and I'm in my office typing up emails to send to my list. And I'm with my family that night. I enjoyed not traveling. I enjoyed having a, an amazing team and building a company based on the way I want it to live my life and having massive, um, you know, leveraging amazing speakers and authors. But it was kind of on a big design of where I want it to end up. So Eric Worre told us to tell, asked you to set, tell one story about Jim Rohn no one's ever heard. Have you got one in the back of your mind that you can think of? And uh, you can think about that for a half a second. I'll never forget Adrian and I went down to Dallas and we got hooked up with Scott Schilling, Sean Murphy, Bob Bodine, all these guys. And they're all talking about you and the influence that you've had and the circle of people that you've influenced to make bigger, bigger events. And we didn't even know really. I mean, we got hooked into that one event that nobody ended up going to Adrian, but we did get us into the inquiry of how hard it is and how specialized and what a gift it is to, to be able to hold huge events. And now we're coming out of this pandemic. Do you think those days are ever coming back, Kyle? Are you looking to that? Or are you gonna stay more into the world of Zoom and things like that to do that? 
Yeah, I, I don't think things are going to be the same anytime soon. And Eric Worry would tell you, you know, doing 15,000 person live event, like Eric's the master, you know, I, I'm, I'm way back in the day, but Eric's the guy doing it today. Yeah. 15,000 people, the coordination, the, the rooms you got to guarantee with hotels. I mean, it's just crazy. You sign your life away and then a pandemic hits and you do a virtual event. And he had 50,000 people on his virtual event. I like virtual. Virtual has been life changing. You know, we have people from all over the world come on virtual. We have my inner circles. We do them in Dallas, LA and Philly. Well, not everyone can fly to Dallas when it's in Dallas. Not everyone flies to Philly. But with virtual, we were doing people all over the world and everyone gets to know each other and you don't have to guarantee rooms for a hotel. Uh, I did notice the hotel was very friendly at the event I did Thursday. They want to work with us because it's, uh, sure you know, they, they took a huge hit. But I don't think things are going to be the same. I, I look at concerts. That's going to, all this is going to be... It, it, it's it's a it's a moving a moving uh, target. I when people ask me about live events, I'm like, we'll see. Like I don't know, but there are huge advantages of virtual right now, and uh, so Eric could. I'd love to know his thoughts on that. But uh, it's pretty cool when you get fifty thousand people coming and they get to interact with people all over all over the world. So it's you know, watching cool. him and Higdon and Grant Cardone and Tony Robbins, these guys are. They're schooling it. So, Adrian, what do you got? Yeah, I I think that there's you're seeing the way that it's being done, and you know, not only is it maybe not going back, but it's a you know, it's it's the same, but it's it's a completely different thing. And there's there's aspects of it that obviously are not maybe as powerful, or you know, the energy is is not quite the same as what it is at a live event. But there's you know the way that they are creating this sense of connectedness, you know, for like every, the person who would have been in the back of the room at the big event now gets to feel much closer, I think, to the front of the room in a lot of ways, not only just because they're, you know, seeing the big screen or whatever, but they, like the way the technology and all these things are working, I, you know, I, I don't know what you've seen in those, you know, with Tony Robbins and, and some of these guys, but it's pretty powerful what they're up to. And you can see they're learning as these events progress and and it's getting even more powerful as they go along. Have you seen some of that? Well, you know, maybe it's personalities for me though. I have felt the impact with zoom as much as I felt it with live. Now, some people has not, that's not been the case. And I respect that. Maybe it's the fun I'm having of seeing Jeanette in LA and Steve in Philly and Rory in England and Robin and Mauritius to me, it's such a joy to be able to, you know, my Victor in Canada, they can't travel yet. <clears throat> so I have so many cool people that they, some of them don't know each other because some yeah. never have left LA to come to Dallas. So it's been fun for me. I felt the emotion there. There is a tad bit more intimacy when we're live, you know, cause we really go there. We don't film it when we're live. And the other thing about virtual is, I mean, I have had Brian Tracy just come on for two hours, not sell anything and just answer questions. And Phil Collin or Def Leppard come on twice and Les Brown come on twice. And that's not going to happen every day. I've had a lot of those come in, you know, they've done, Phil's done a live inner circle at my house, but that's not something, you know, those are once in a lifetime type of things. You can't just orchestrate that the way it's happened with virtual. So here's the thing. Tom Ziegler is a good friend. He was on my podcast. He's been part of our calls. He said, Kyle, the biggest thing is the people that say, is it going to, is it, there's some people that just want to go back to how it is. Well, that's over. We can't be thinking of how it was. We have to think of, as Tom said, where are we going? Uh, as Tom Schnault said, where are we going? And you know, I think the quicker can people can get over how they wished it was or how it was and move into where it's going, the more contentment they're going to have with what they have. Some people haven't adapted well, but I think they're also holding on to how they want it to be. And that's that's not happening right now. And so the quicker people are in that solution mindset, and when Tom mentioned Tony and Eric and Ray and Grant, that's where they're at. They're living in how it is today and what they can they can do with it. And I've seen so many people really actually maximize 
the past year because they immediately shifted to how it is versus how they wished it was. Okay, so we're going to take another break here in a second. <clears throat> During the break, you think about a story about Jim Rohn you'd never heard before. Yeah, yeah. I want you. He. I want you to also. Are you like? at high schools and junior highs trying to find the next Jim Rohn. So we want to know who the next Jim Rohn is because somebody just sent me a text saying, who's the next one? So I'm very excited about that. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be me because I'm 100, but I've got a few people I'd like to nominate. But yeah, so that's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost as old as Jim Rohn. So that's very, very exciting. And uh, we're coming back right after this. This is the Network Marketing Leadership Show with Tom Chenault. Kyle Wilson and Tom's little boy, Adrian. We'll be right back. Hello, Adrian. Hello, dad. So I loved what you talked about this morning about that our warm market and our cold market are not that dissimilar in terms of your most people's level of connection to that group of people. Can you talk a little bit about that? Cause I think that's a, an important, important thing. I'm not quite following. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's cause it was not directed at you. <laughs> it's directed at dad. And he wasn't okay. listening. I just, I just watched that. He, he never looked up once. So the, <laughs> the question clearly didn't land. But I, I thank thought, you Kyle thought, for trying. I thought that was a possibility. Okay. Try that one more time. This is so embarrassing. That's not like I've just heard it so many times. I tune him out. That's a joke. I, I go, Father, that was quite the brilliant conversation you led this morning about the difference between warm market and cold market and how they aren't that different for most people because of the way they take care of their network. Can you, you know, talk a little bit about that? Man, Adrian really did his homework on Kyle Wilson listening to him this morning. And I was a little jealous about what Adrian heard, but no, this morning I talked about the distinction between your cold market and your warm market. You don't know your warm market any more than you know your cold market. You might as well face facts. And this is the commercial break so I can be pretty straight with you. Go interview your circle of influence and start with the person closest to you, your spouse. Then call your children. Then call your daughter-in-law. Then call your son-in-law. Then call everybody in your life and re-interview them about where they are right this minute. And it is going to blow your mind how much you have neglected the richness of the relationships that you thought you had. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with me 100%. And, yeah, that was so funny that you said that. And the reason I tuned out was because I didn't watch him this morning, Adrian. I feel terrible about that. You're like a son to me. So I apologize. But at the end of the day, that's 100% right. We have got to treat our warm market like the warm market that it is. Go back there and interview, document, remember, 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 remember. He talked about Gary Vaynerchuk. What I love him is he's kindness, 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 ask. I am remember, 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 ask. And don't follow up. That's a terrible word. Just let people know that you remember the richness of their life. Take notes. Pay attention. All we want to be is remembered and loved. That's the whole show. The more that I remember about you, the more you're going to love me, as obnoxious as I am. Fact Jack. Take it, Adrian. <laughs> That's so true. And it, you know, it's, it's remarkable. I was, I, I saw uh, something on Twitter the other day, somebody who I really admire and they were, you know, and younger than me, probably in their you know, late twenties, early thirties. And they said, you know, I, I hit this age and I realized that I know not, like, if I really stop and think about it, I know nothing about my parents. And I just started, I, I like went back to first principles and I started asking my parents questions. And it turns out my mom was engaged before my dad and called off the wedding. And not only did I never know that, but my dad never knew it either. Because And I go, how does we not know this? And my mom goes, well, you never asked me about me. And so I didn't tell you. And how many people in your life, parents, whoever it is, people who are really important to you, if you really stop and think about how well do you know them in their heart, you know, you would easily, I guarantee you there's a big story out there like that that you don't know. And it would be a lot stronger relationship if you knew it. So go to contactmapping.com slash free. Go look at our coffee shop interview. You'll see it there at the top of the page. You want that because you want to learn how to ask these better questions. So we're coming back to the main show. 
And we're back. This is the Network Marketing Leadership Show. We've got Kyle Wilson. And the first thing we're going to do when we get off the air is figure out how to make one of those little books about the coffee shop interview like he has done for every influencer on the planet. He is absolutely the guy behind the scenes and he knows so much about people. So first, I think he's got he's thought of a story about Jim Rohn. No one's ever heard. So then take that away. He's probably going to write a book about it next week. But take it away. Do you have one that we can that you can pull out of your uh, golf bag here and tell us about? Mr. I, I, yeah, I have one that I'll share. Uh, I would say there's multiple ones that I won't share that no one knows because they were they were personal and private. Uh, this this other one, it's not that I've never told it, but uh, and it's it's a bit of a story if that's okay. But Jim was diagnosed with pulmonary fibrosis in 2008, and that's the smoker's disease. He had never smoked, so it really took him off guard. Uh, he passed away at age 79, and he thought he was going to live to be 100. So it really threw him for a loop, and he was super optimistic, super positive, and, until it kind of hit him really hard. And I had just sold the companies in late 2007, but I stayed on to help with the transition. And in 2008, uh, I, Stuart Johnson, Reed Bilbray, uh, really – encouraged the idea of let's do a Jim Rohn tribute. So I can't take total credit for that. They were a big, a big influence behind it. And uh, so I set up in Dallas and Los Angeles on different weekends uh, and sent out invitations to some of Jim's peers, some of his good friends, like his, even his accountant, people that had worked with him. So we're talking Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, Mark Victor Hansen, Les Brown, but also we're talking uh, Larry Thompson, Ron Reynolds, Don Hobbs. It's about 50 people, John Fleming. Uh, and it was really powerful. We interviewed him for quite a while. And then when it was all said and done, and by the way, William Bailey, I William was a mentor. I published his book of poems. And he was a good friend. He stayed at my house. I posted a picture of him holding my daughter when she was three. He was spending the night at my house. And uh, he was the one guy that couldn't make it. He was having serious health issues. So I thought, I can't deliver a tribute video to Jim Rome without William Bailey on it. Because you hear about Shof, it was Shof and Bailey, but most of the stories were Bailey, you know, uh, that like he was the guy. Uh, we don't have time to go into it, but I, I booked a flight to Lexington. I rented a car. I drove an hour and a half into the hills of Kentucky, spent the day at Bill's family farm to make sure we had Bill. And I could do a lot of Bill Bailey if we had time. We don't have time today, but just brilliant guy and amazing guy. Honored. I got to know Bill over the years and he would speak at my events. But finally, I got the video together. <clears throat> and by now, Jim was staying at a, a care facility in Los Angeles. I live in Dallas. He lived in California. That was our big debate when I started working with him. He wanted me to move to California. And I said, no, I can do this in Dallas uh, for a lot of reasons. And we, uh, I flew out. And I had a two-hour video of all these 50 interviews and I had condensed it down to about 20 to 30 minutes. And thir the 30 minutes now were just snippets of the interviews, but also a lot of Jim Rohn uh, speaking where he would talk about take care of your inner circle. And then I would have some inner circle people. You know, I, I, it was pretty well crafted. And so, again, he didn't know anything about this. And we're sitting there and it is the greatest day ever spent with Jim Rohn. If you said, what is the greatest time day? This was it. This was that moment. And there were two people and I don't mind saying it publicly. I think it's okay. I think him and LT, Larry Thompson, they were not estranged, but they hadn't talked in a while. Things had kind of ended, you know, at Herbalife in an odd way. And they just hadn't been connected. And I remember Larry and Ron Reynolds, who is another guy Jim had worked with, but they were a little bit, not as strange, but they just hadn't connected. And Ron and LT both were sobbing in their video interviews about how Jim had changed their life. 
and I used to couldn't tell this story, Tom, without sobbing. Um, and both those, so here's all, you know, here is Zig and Zig had came with Tom because Zig had had his accident. He couldn't talk that well, but all just these amazing peers all showing up and honoring Jim and talking about this influence. But those two in particular, LT and uh, Ron Reynolds, because there had been a gap in their communication, Jim looked at me and he goes, wow. And healing. I, I felt, I felt we'd done good work, you know? Oh man, you guys, you are going to love this guy. KyleWilson.com. Why don't you give him a book? What's a book you could give him? Yeah. So this one I'm really proud of, uh, it just came out. It's called success habits of super achievers. And it's just interviews from my podcast with, you know, when I started my podcast, Tom, it was really people I'd been with for 25 years. And the premise was if someone would want, because marketing podcasts were 15 minutes, 30 minutes. And mine was, well, I have access to people not everyone has access to. Okay. You would want to sit down with Jim Rohn for two hours and hear the inside story, the stuff you'd never hear on YouTube. Whoever would want to listen to that, so I did my podcast for it. So I did Darren Hardy at his house, Brian Tracy at his house, Dennis Whaley at his house, John Asaraf, this, you know, this long list of people, Phil Collin of Def Leppard, uh, Les Brown. And so the book is over 80 powerful stories uh, with, with entrepreneurs, speakers, authors, small business owners, 25 celebrity authorities, including the people I just mentioned. And I'd love to give the digital version of that away, along with some other cool books. One I did called Passionistas with 40 Women. That's really a powerful book. So I got multiple books. I'll just give them. And all they have to do is send an email to Kyle at KyleWilson.com and just say Tom show or send books. And I'll send them, you know, some cool interviews. I, I, you know, Darren Hardy hasn't said yes to a podcast in four years. I did exclusive two hour with him that it's gold. I'll include that. I'll include some cool stuff. So Kyle at KyleWilson.com. I'll send them the digital versions along with some cool interviews. We love you. We will see you all next week on the Network Marketing Leadership Show. Kyle Wilson is a rock star. Follow him. We'll see you all next week. Tom, thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can get a lot more content like this going to contactmapping.com.